listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the bonus hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us on this final Thursday of February. And Rob Hartman's kind enough to join us. He had a busy day yesterday because he's the tournament director of a brand new tournament, which will combine the PGA and the LPGA Tours, the Grant Thornton Invitational. It replaces the shootout on your calendar on the Southwest Florida sports scene. Rob, it's David and Mark. How the heck are you? Gentlemen, good morning. How are you guys? Well, we're fine. Take us through this. You know, obviously we all understand who follow golf, the complications that have arisen in the last, you know, 18 months with Greg Norman's connection to the shootout and the shootout being a PGA Tour, you know, event. And obviously the two couldn't coincide. But how did you – it's one thing to have Greg step aside. It's another thing to change the format entirely. How did this come about? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. And it was certainly an exciting um, day yesterday, really, for professional golf, uh, for the LPGA, for the PGA Tour. Um, You know in December, we wrapped up 34 years of an amazing QBE shootout, raised over $16 million in that time. Uh, but as we've talked about, it was a natural conclusion with Greg moving on to live, and our sanction agreement was up. Uh, we knew we were not going to be able to operate the event in the same way, shape, or form. And uh, this idea of a mixed-team event has been a priority for Commissioner Monaghan, um, for Commissioner Molly. Mark Husamad, since she came on board, this idea has been out there for a while. And um, it was a logical next step for us. And we feel very fortunate that it's we had a title sponsor and Grant Thornton step up who really saw the vision of both tours and wanted to put their name on this. Well, Rob, it seems that obviously the couple of names that were announced, Tony Fino, the quarter sisters, and, Rick, and Ricky Fowler, I mean, big names off the get-go, but it seems that, you know, this tournament before ended because there wasn't as much participation from the PGA Tour. It seems that the PGA Tour is fully on board, and it looks like the event's going to get a really good field. No, it really will. And to come out of the gates yesterday with Ricky coming back to Naples for the first time in a while, obviously Tony's had a history of playing. Uh, we had... Now in quarter in December with Lexi, that was obviously incredibly well received. So I think across the board, you're going to see even a stronger field than we've historically had um, with many of the top names here to play. And uh, no, the support from both tours uh, really has been unprecedented. Uh, it was an unbelievable team effort to get this announcement out yesterday. And uh, we're really excited and bullish on the future. Did this start in any way when you guys a few years ago started inviting an LPGA player and then last year you invited two. Did that start this ball rolling? You know, you wanted to see how the fellow male golfers accepted first Lexi Thompson and now one of the Cordas and then how would the sponsor like it? Did that start this at all or did that have nothing to do with it? You know, I think when you go back to when we first invited Lexi at the time, there was uh 
some chatter by the tours about wanting to put the men and women on the same golf course, playing for the same amount of money. And as you guys know, we have we have more flexibility um, with our event in Naples than most weekend weekend events. And it was something we wanted to try. I'm not sure at the time we ever thought we'd be where we are today. Uh, but there was certainly that thought that you just never know where things would go and evolve. And I will tell you, it was incredibly well received uh, from the get-go. It was embraced by QBE at the time. And um, any of the male partners who partnered up with Lexi and, and Ornelli really loved the experience. For the rest of the tournament, there's a lot of things that have gone on. The concert, any the format. Are there any other changes to what the week is in Naples, Rob? So, format, more to come. We are collaborating uh, with the Grand Thornton Ambassadors and both the tours and what the formats will look like. Uh, fr- from a Pro-Am perspective, you guys know we operate uh, a pretty exclusive Pro-Am experience over two days. That will remain the same. We're going to play with the PGA and LPGA Pro each day. And then um, Saturday Night Live Fest will certainly continue. Um, we're working on our talent now, but that driving range will be packed on Saturday night as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, and we're talking with Rob Hartman, who's the tournament director and has been for many years, whether it was the Shark Shootout, the QBE Shootout, and now beginning this December, it will be the Grant Thornton Invitational, 16 PGA Tour players, 16 LPGA Tour players teaming up and competing against one another for a purse of $4 million. Um, You increase the field. I believe you guys were always 12 twosomes and the number was 24. The number is now 32. Is that because there's that much interest that, you know, was that driven by the tours or was that driven by you guys? I would say it was a collective decision. We've always toyed around with expanding the field and we just wanted to maximize the playing opportunities for both memberships on both tours. And we kind of, settled on 16 and 16 it uh, provides you know from a spectator standpoint it provides for a longer uh, window of golf throughout the day so a better experience on the ground a little bit of a better tv product um and the interest is high and so it definitely allows us to uh add a few additional names on both sides when can we expect to start seeing more names rob i know that's what people want to know you come out of the gate swinging when will we expect to see more names yeah, I think we're probably looking uh, early fall. We do need to get through the tour championship. Um, there is some qualifying criteria about where you rank on both the CME rankings and your FedEx ranking after the tour championship. So you could see a few other sporadic announcements throughout the summer, but I anticipate early fall we'll have a major announcement with the rest of the field. The $4 million purse, by the way, would be the sixth largest purse on the LPGA Tour. To give you an an idea as to how significant this money is for the 16 LPGA players, never mind the 16 PGA Tour players. Do you think this is going to help, by the way, the CME Tour Championship, which will be, what, three weeks earlier? You know, that is slowly beginning to take hold it's a big deal on the lpga tour and it's heavily promoted all year but rob i i kind of sensed in the last post covid i kind of sensed this past year in particular that that event is 
finally starting to really take root in Southwest Florida? No, it really does. And you guys, full disclosure, know we operate the CV Group uh, event as well. Um, from a spectator standpoint, it's the last, we'll call it two years, it's been really strongly attended. Um, what CME has been doing, obviously, through the support of Terry Duffy, their CEO, who's really been incredible for the game, women's golf, $7 million in prize money last year, or $2 million first place payout, uh, the largest first place in all of golf. Uh, no, it's uh, that event has never been healthier. Um, and we actually approached CME when we were coming up with this idea, and they were fully supportive of having this event a couple weeks afterwards. And I think for CME, it's a point of pride. You see all the purse increases you know, that are happening with the USGA and the other majors. It really all started with Terry and CME and what they were doing for the ladies in southwest Florida uh, for the past 10 years. Well, Rob, congratulations. I know yesterday was a big day and announcement, and uh, we'll probably be bothering you again during the summer when you start announcing more big names. So uh, congratulations, and um, you know, good luck saying no to all the people who want to play in the Pro-Am. It'll be a, it's going to be a fun puzzle to put together on the player side, and uh, I would say the inbound calls yesterday was pretty overwhelming <laughs> in a very good way. So the interest from corporate America is strong, and We'll be excited how we put the event together. And the only other thing I would mention is a lot of the longtime supporters of the shootout, QB, Franklin Templeton, they're not going anywhere, and you'll see them in a supporting role this December as well. So. Well, good. That's awesome. Yep. Rob, congratulations. Thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a great day. Rob Hartman, tournament director of what is now the Grant Thornton Invitational. 16 PGA Tour players, 16 LPGA Tour players, one from each, teaming up, play against one another, competing over three days for $4 million. You know, you mentioned earlier that if I had another job, I'd be tournament director. The one thing that takes me out of it is the niceness factor. Because <laughs> Rob and Taylor, who, who helps with that tournament, some of the other that that company does, we've known for a long time. Two of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yes, it was shocking to both of us. They always took a liking to us. It, to this day, when Rob calls, I'm <laughs> confused by it. Uh, well, first off, you know, obviously the location in Southwest Florida. How many PGA and LPGA Tour players live in Florida? I mean, and you may not be familiar with how many LPGA Tour players, but obviously the Corda sisters are you know, from the Sarasota-Bradenton area. Lexi's from the Orlando area. Brooke Henderson lives in Southwest Florida half the year. Okay, you know, never mind all the others that are in the greater Orlando area. And the now, Jupiter yeah, area and all that stuff as well. Now, it will be interesting. It's three weeks after their tour championship. How many of the international players will want to be a part of this? I mean, it's a cash grab. Well, I think now. they will. It's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting from what Rob and his staff have to do to determine which LPGA LPGA players they want. And so now Finau and Fowler are in. Okay, the week before is Tiger's little Hero World Championship there, three hours away. How many of those guys decide I'll hang out in Florida for one more week? Well, and, and I, I think it would be a good look for the player. The PGA player that's doing it's a different world than, you know, 20, 30 years ago where they just 
kept the LPGA at arm's length and looked down upon that tour. Quite the PGA tour, quite frankly, looked down upon it. Now with everything, you see, you know, you see Steph Curry at a big college basketball game. You see LeBron at WNBA games. I, I think the the way that the male athlete has really embraced women's sports, I think you'll see a really good young field for this tournament that wants to play in it, David. It's funny that you said 20, 30, 40 years ago. Hell, I think you could say four or five years ago. I, I do think this PGA Tour embracing of the LPGA Tour is very 2020s. I mean, it, it didn't happen in the 20-teens. There's no doubt. And I think because of it and the way they've embraced that tour and the way the men's sports are starting to embrace women's sports, I think it bodes for a great field for the new event coming to Tiburon in December. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. The bonus hour for the 239. Thanks so much for being with us. Miss any part of the show? Download it, floridasportsnetwork.com. For those that get their podcasts through Spotify, there's a hitch in the giddy-up. They're aware of it. We're aware of it. It's being worked on. Don't know if it gets fixed before the end of the week. So if you're interested, you may have to today and tomorrow find our podcast elsewhere, but it will be fixed. FYI. David's on it. <laughs> well, I have in that full case... trust that this issue is going to be resolved because the tech giant of the show is on it, he's aware of it, and it will be rectified. Right. Give me the phone number of the guy I need to yell at. That's, that's my contribution to the cause right there. Hey, it's not working! I just realized that it's cold and lousy in a lot of other places because the person who handles all the IT stuff is in Michigan. And when I text him about the Spotify problem, he let me know he'll get right on it when he gets his power back. I'm sorry. What happened? <laughs> is it too hot? What? Uh, so you told me something during the break, which I didn't realize. So apparently, uh, Rogers, A, did not head into the retreat in the week after the Super Bowl. No, he, he arrived on Monday of this week. Huh. That was only three days ago. A 300-square-foot room that has no natural light and designed to be silent, a bed, a meditation mat, and a bathroom. But apparently he arrived on Monday and left yesterday. He did not make it for the entire four nights in the darkness. Well, if you get the answer you're looking for, do you need to stay? Look it. He's nuts. (laughs) I mean, he is out there. And... I don't even mean crazy, but he's he's nuts, man. That guy thinks differently than the majority of us. But yes, sir. When you say you're going to do a four day retreat and it's going to find you clarity, levity, you're going to you're going to, in fact, you're going to hallucinate and come closer to God. Apparently, when this is all done, and you can't make it the four days, I, David. I don't know if I can trust him as my quarterback anymore. <laughs> well, maybe he ran out of water. Maybe he ran out of that. 
what's that stuff he was taking that kind of cleared his mind and, and what have you? Basically, it was like a hallucinogenic. Yeah, basically from, like mushrooms. Right, from the 60s and 70s. Right, it's just the modern version. Maybe he ran out of stuff. No reason to stay. Maybe he got the answer he was looking for. Why do I need to stay? I came here to answer the burning question in my life. Two, two and a half days in, I got my answer. Well, then the hell, let's go. I'm hungry. Maybe DoorDash said, that's it. We can't, you know, the weather, we can't get there anymore. I don't know. He was in the, what, the wilderness of Oregon, apparently. The guy who owns the place that Rogers was at, you know, confirmed with the media that he left yesterday. He's in Oregon. I don't know. Maybe the DoorDash people said, sorry, our, our you know, four by four broke. We can't get there. You're outside of our delivery area. <laughs> right. You know, maybe got tired of paying the, the costs. I mean, it's not cheap to get your food delivered anymore. Who knows? So Aaron's so out is... of the dark. We're <laughs> wow. still all in the dark about what Aaron wants to do. Right. And what the Packers want to do with him. Wouldn't it be funny if the Packers just wait and Rogers calls them or shows up and goes, Hey guys, I've been thinking and, and, and here's what I'd like to do. And if the Packers just looked right at him and said, we don't care. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. I think we're just all hoping he gets moved just because it makes it more fun for the rest of us. Yeah, but where to? Like, it would not go well in New York. I'm just telling you. He's too weird. He's too thin-skinned. All right? And the Jets, you know, listen, I can relate to the Jets. I'm a Mets fan, okay? I I know what it's like to be part of a franchise that has a, you know, a big fan base that desperately wants the best. And the franchise manages to get in its own way more times than not. Like, do we think Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and the Jets win big? I have to be really frank here. I'd like to see him go to New York and see if the thin skin's actually right and see him get beat up a little bit because he's been able to control every narrative when he's been in Green Bay. I There's part of me that would like to see how he handles some difficult situations with 50 media members all over them all the time. Well, Beast Mode agrees with you in our Twitch chat room. If it won't go well in New York, then that's exactly where we need them. But what makes sense is the place you said a while ago, Tennessee. You know, they, they let go of Tannehill with the money they cleared up yesterday. You let go of Tannehill and the money you cleared up yesterday, you can afford Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's going to have to be a tremendously reworked contract, but, you know, that happens. They'll get it done. I know people keep talking about Vegas because of Adams being there, and it's obviously still possible, but Nashville is collegiate in the way the media handles the team, if you know what I mean. Now, listen, this is lying season, and it continues right on through the draft. So it's tough to take any NFL team at its word. But the Raiders did come out earlier in the week and say – Essentially, you know, this could be a transition year for us. We may just play Jared Stidham, see if he's the answer. And if he's not, then we'll go get somebody in 2024. 
Now, then again, they also have the seventh pick of the draft. I mean, you know, maybe they draft Anthony Richardson. If he's still there at seven, because the way things are going, he's going to be the first overall pick by the time the draft comes. Every time we talk to a draft person, his stock keeps getting higher and higher, David. Now, not by Pat Kerwin, but we've had different draft people on from different organizations, and they love this guy. They think he's going to work out. They know it will be work, and they know it will take a while. But right now, most people publicly believe that Richardson's worth the investment. You and I are scared to death, and maybe it's because we've seen him. And I thought we had Dalton Miller on earlier that said, you know, there's some problems with his mechanics. Well, that doesn't mean they can be fixed. You can attempt to fix mechanics. Can the player make the adjustment to fix them? That scares well, what, the hell out of me. And what's interesting also is that he said with his lower half. So it's his footwork. You know, they like his throwing motion. They like the strength of his arm, which is massive. But they think he needs to work on his footwork. Well, okay. Dalton Miller says he's worth the risk, although he says he's going to give him a second-round grade. But he knows he's going to go in the top 10. But when he does his grading, right now, he's a second-rounder. Oh, okay. And that's where Pat was. Pat was, you take this guy in the you know end of the second round, take him the third, fourth round, I'm all in. But as a top 10 guy, I couldn't do it. And that's where it's looking like Richardson's heading. Right, like Hertz was taken, what, 49th, 50th, 51st? I mean, he was right there in the middle of the second round. And Pat's like, oh, I'd love it. I'd be all over it. But top 10, are you out of your mind? No, I'm not doing that. This is the pick that also this gets you, you know, a job for life or fired. I mean, it really is. And if you're a GM and you're wrong, I don't know if you're a GM again after a pick like that. No. You might be in scouting, director of player personnel, but your GM days could be done making a pick that's that bad. By the way, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. If you're the Jets at 13, you're going to be aggressive, trade up, get one of these guys. You could do it. It's been done before. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour, seventeen until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. The bonus hour. We thank you for being with us here in the two three nine or listening wherever it is that you may be. So did you remember your duties today? I, I've got them done. I think we're set. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. That means you need a good, a bad, and the ugly. I've got them. Okay. I've got them. I think I'm ready for the end of the show. At least right. I'm more prepared than I was a day ago, David. <laughs> so what the hell? 
It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. 1903 we start today. The U.S. and Cuba sign an agreement by which Cuba releases Guantanamo for the U- to the U.S. for a naval station. That's how we got it, today in 1903. 1934, Casey Stingle becomes the manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. 1940, Pinocchio, the movie, is released. Huh. 1945, the Marines raised the flag on top of Iwo Jima. 1954 was the first mass inoculation against polio. One of the greatest things we ever did. 1964, at the sixth Daytona, Richard Petty wins, leading 184 of the 200 laps. Ho, ho, ho. Was that exciting? That same day, the Beatles' third appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, featuring performances they taped prior to their debut. They were actually taped on February the 9th. This one I just had to put in for the names. Today in 1969 at the 11th Daytona 500, Leroy Yarbaugh driving for Junior Johnson, and I think you have to say it like that, catches Charlie Glotzbach on the final lap to win. It's the first 500 won on a last lap pass by Leroy Yarbaugh. Race Anytime you can get a Leroy. Junior Johnson. Right. Hyde would complete his sweep today at 80, winning the 10,000 meter. Remember, this is five races. He started at 500 meters, all right, and then won three races in between. And then this, was this the longest? This is the longest. Right. Right. Uh I think the 500, the 1500, the 5,000, the 10,000, I don't recall what the other one was. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up here, trying to find it. Oh, a thousand. Okay. Okay. So he won 500, a thousand, 1500, 5,000, 10,000. Right. Remarkable. Mm-hmm. By the way, remember, you know, what today, what day today is. Today's the day in between the U.S. hockey team beating the Russians and then beating Finland. Haydn was at the game, you know. I mean, Haydn was not back in his dorm there resting, staying off his feet. I mean, Haydn, you know, stood for three hours and cheered the U.S. hockey team up. And then did a couple three miles. Or a couple. Then walked back to wherever he was staying in the Olympic Village. And then the next day won the, what was it, 10,000? 10,000 meters. A little over six. Yeah. (laughs) Which, by the way, is a lot of laps. Man, is that a lot of laps. It's a tough watch. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) It's kind of like Richard Petty winning the 500, leading 184. So, like, how many more laps? Well, he's on a good pace. He's got 11 laps left. Wow. Today in 83, the New Jersey Generals signed Herschel Walker to that three-year, $5 million deal. Herschel tried to get out of it. And Vince Dooley said, you signed it. You're, you can't come back to Georgia. Herschel wanted to come back for a senior year. Today in 85, Bobby Knight threw the chair. To think about the different world we were in, it was celebrated. It really was. I, over and over. Now, he, they did tee him up. 
I mean, this isn't like when Parrish punched Lambeer two years later and they didn't even give him a technical. Okay? I mean, the ref did at least tee Bobby Knight up. Did you ever follow the chair, by the way, when you see the incident? Yes. It, that thing bounced. Okay? Bounced, like he, did a couple of rolls. Yes. Lucky no went, one was injured. Right. Went all the way to, like, the far corner of Assembly Hall there. It's a good throw. Today in 91, George H.W. Bush gives Iraq a 24-hour deadline to withdraw from Kuwait or face a ground war. Hey, when Bush 41 drew the line in the sand, he drew the line in the sand. Damn right he did. Today in 99, Eminem releases his first major record label album, the Slim Shady LP. In 2014, Junior wins his second Daytona 500. And it was two years ago today that Tiger crashed the car. Those born today that are no longer By with us. By the way, us, there was nothing going on, though. He, he wasn't under any medication. No. He no. didn't He didn't fall asleep. Okay. There was nothing, nothing to see here. Okay. 7.30 in the morning on the way to the golf course. Okay. Just crossed over traffic over a median over the other lanes crashed careening into a ditch it, not nothing to see here happens all the time peter fonda would have been 83 today those celebrating birthdays football coach tom osborne's 86 fred bolitnikoff is 80 ed tutal jones is 72 bobby Bonilla is 60 and andrew wiggins is 28 years old today Boy, think about Benia too. Okay, he's like, yeah, this is perfect. Celebrate my birthday in late February. I'm only about four months away from getting my Mets check. That contract should finish up just in time for Social Security for Bobby Benia. <laughs> I was going to say, I actually think. Here's what I'm wondering: Does he have to claim that? Is that going to affect how much he's getting in Social Security? I would hope so. <laughs> but I'm not working. But I do get an annual check for like 1.1 something million from a former employer. It's a hell of a pension I worked out. Hell of a contract. Holy cow. All right, I'm ready. Let's do this. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? So George Rebels is at the Souls Harbor Thrift Store in Ferris, Texas, and he buys Bachman Turner's Overdrives, the anthology on CD. Oh, wow. We could we could question why he wanted to buy that in his musical choice, but, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. So he didn't even open the CD case till about a month after the purchase, when inside he realized there was a Polaroid photo. The date on the photo was 11-22-63. The photo is Kennedy riding in his motorcade in Dallas. It's an unpublished photo of the motorcade before President Kennedy was shot. He doesn't know whether he's going to sell it or keep it, but it's basically a photo that they don't think anybody's seen in 60 years. It's been or at least 30 since it was put in that case. For the bad, we go to Cape Coral, where there is a stupid criminal on the loose. Getting this from NBC-2.com. Ring footage shows a young man stealing 
from a Cape Coral home in broad daylight. What he stole and how it made the news is shocking to me, and it's why it's the bad. He stole a garden hose, and the news actually decided it's worthy of a story. It's a garden hose. If you have any idea who this young man is, hit him in the head. Don't turn him in. Just hit him upside the head and call him stupid twice. Finally, the ugly. Not a good story. I want to remind everybody that no one was hurt in this incident because I usually don't go here. But we go to Nevada and the Bunny Ranch where a 28-year-old sex worker was arrested after alleged shooting in an hour-long standoff at the brothel. Savannah Henderson, who also guys goes by Tierra T, hmm, was taken into custody early Tuesday morning, charged with four felony counts of possession of a firearm. Apparently, there was an argument with she and one of the other workers at the brothel. Shots were fired. She barricaded herself into a room. The standoff ensued. She was... She surrendered after a couple of hours and was taken into custody. She also had some weed on her and was quoted as adding, I look forward to court. No word on whether any of the judges are her current clients. And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, the 23rd of February, 2023. The NBA returns tonight. Felipe. What have you done with yourself for the last week? Are you okay? Uh, I've been watching college basketball, actually, so it hasn't been too bad. I actually enjoy college basketball. The NBA is my baby. But I enjoy college basketball. Okay. Um, Nine games tonight in the association. Heat are off. Magic are hosting Detroit. Your TNT doubleheader, Memphis and Philly early, Golden State and the Lakers late. Still no staff for at least another week for Golden State. Lakers are like a six-point favorite. But it should be LeBron and AD both playing at the same time. Felipe, that's worth tuning in just because, you know, you can't count on that happening right. ever again. Remember, these are the 23 most important regular season games of LeBron's career. Golden State doesn't win on the road. Uh, college hoops tonight. It only got like four games involving ranked teams. Here's a little something off. First off, FAU tries to bounce back. They're hosting uh, Texas San Antonio, who's a bad team. They should win tonight. Uh, Michigan, if you want to get in the tournament, there you go. That's the game I was looking at. Michigan's at Rutgers. They've got to win this game. If, if the Wolverines want to play in the tournament, tonight is a must win. They just beat Michigan State, who's a tournament team, granted at home. But Rutgers is a tournament team. It's on the road, 8.30 FS1. If you want to get in the tournament, I advise you to win tonight. And, Mark, I know ranked teams playing an unranked team, ranked team going on the road, Lately, the ranked teams have been getting crushed. How many teams in the country are playing better than Northwestern right now? A handful, David. And they're on the road in Illinois, and Illinois is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. How do you not take Northwestern? I have no problem losing this money betting Northwestern. I'd have a big problem with myself if I lost this money taking Illinois. Northwestern just went. Purdue, 
Indiana, Iowa. Boom, boom, boom. And the Iowa win was by 20. I think I got to take the five and a half. This is Miami on the road getting two at Vatek. Miami on the road getting five, five and a half at Carolina. I'm sorry. If I lose this bet, I'm fine with it. I'm with you, David. I'm with you. Illinois is a decent team. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's no pushover. Yeah. They, um, lightning in action tonight. They're hosting Buffalo. You know, your your wings are uh, – you're right there. In fact, they're talking about the wings maybe two points out of the final playoff spot with games in hand. Maybe they should be buyers. They're hosting the Rangers tonight. I think they Win won. that game. And if you're Steve Eiserman, I think you gotta you gotta take those selling plans and throw them out. They've won five of their last six. The Wings have. Yeah. Now the Rangers are playing really well, but I'm just saying. You know, um, Edmonton at Pittsburgh. You know, McDavid, at Crosby. Of course, you can't find that game anywhere because if you're the NHL, I mean, why would you want to have that game on national television? Unbelievable. You want Calgary at Vegas at 9 o'clock on ESPN instead. That's right. Calgary at Vegas. You don't want Edmonton at Pittsburgh. The best player of his generation playing the best player of his generation. You don't want that. You want Calgary at Vegas instead. Right. With Crosby still playing at a high level, too. I mean, that's the other part of this. He's still... Is he a top five guy in the league still? Well... You know how biased I am. I know, Crosby. but he's, so, he's he's no worse than top eight. And McDavid's top two. Just don't ask me to say who the other guy is. Because <laughs> it changes by the week. Yeah, McDavid's the best player in the game. And it's pe- the period, end of sentence. So. All right, but we get Calgary Vegas instead. That's fantastic. Ah. <sighs> So there you have it. That's what's going on in the sports scene tonight. We fa- get tomorrow night for FGCU. The men need to win to make the playoffs. Make the playoffs? Won 22 games last year. They've lost five in a row at home. They've lost 10 of 13 overall. This is not ending well. Well, I hope the style of play has been exciting enough for you, everybody. Because that's all we heard is that we needed a new style of play. You got it, and you're fighting to make the playoffs in the A-Sun. Should never happen. No, this team should have been better than that. Still time to salvage your season, but not much more time. Miller and Moulton, a Friday edition tomorrow. We'll throw as much football in it as possible right here on the Florida Sports Network.